Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast is sponsored by ProGK. For all your goalkeeping needs, please visit www.pro-gk.com using coupon code MOG for 20% discount. Welcome to episode two of Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Johnson, and tonight I'm sitting down with Dagenham and Redbridge goalkeeper, Elliot Justin. Justin, uh, thank you for coming on Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast tonight. No, thanks for inviting me on. Ben. No, ab- absolute pleasure, mate. It's not like we uh, don't see enough of each other in the week, so why don't we spend our evenings <laughs> talking about goalkeeping? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, L, obviously had Stevie Arnold on um, on the pod last last week. I know your your journey from um, when you started um, your career and, and to where you are now. Um, so the reason I wanted you to come on the pod is because I think that um, there's so much uh, value that can that can be taken um, from your experiences and your your journey by the listeners. So I j- first question, always the first question: Why goalkeeping? Yeah. How long you got? <laughs> no, um, goalkeeping for me it wasn't my first choice. To be honest, I was on the uh, was on the pitch um, probably until I was about seventeen. Um, was deemed not not good enough really, um, and I sort of I got put in goal by by the off chance because um, our goalkeeper got released, um, and I'll be honest, I, I enjoyed it straight away. It was um, I was very uh, Untechnical, if that's the word, um, but I kept the ball out, so yeah. um, people sort of liked me for that. Um, and I, I don't know, I got a different buzz for being on the pitch. It was a very different buzz, right? Uh, and <clears throat> it was, I don't know, it was. I, I was at Hornchurch, and I started doing quite well, and I got called up to the reserves quite quickly. Um, so it was all a bit of a bit of a whirlwind for me. Um, and I, I bear in mind, I've just gone in goal. Um, yeah. So I didn't really know what was going on. Um, but that sort of excelled me into enjoying it a bit more. Um, I didn't feel nervous at all, which I thought I would. Um, and I, I really wasn't. I just sort of took to it straight away. And um, 
I didn't really have time to ease into the position, if I'm being honest, because right. I was I was chucked straight in and uh, it sort of spiralled from then. So, 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 you, so you started as a goalkeeper at what, 17? 17, yeah. Yeah, so what position was you before that? Left back, centre half, um, yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> Lower centre back. So right, um, okay. So, so, so you were the centre back, and you, so you had a, a, a defensive mindset, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, I always got on well with my goalkeeper. <laughs> um, I valued quite a lot because uh, I played with some good ones. So yeah. we went on to have, they were they were always doing well at youth level. So, mm. um, but yeah, I always valued the position. But I certainly didn't think I'd end up there. Uh, no, yeah, you know, really. Um, you know, I'm being honest. But uh, like I say, I didn't I didn't have time to. To get used to it, it was a case of right, you're playing and do your best. Yeah. And I was like, um, so had you had any any goalkeeper coaching leading up to that point? No, not at all. See, no, that's no, no. that's incredible. Mm. To, yeah, to I, nothing. Where where you are now? When you look back, I mean, what? So you're 30 years old. So we're only talking what? I don't know. What's that? 13 years or something. So yeah. Years. Thirteen but, years ago, and you you was a centre back, and now you're you know a professional goalkeeper. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So I mean, wow, that's that's amazing. So that to me that that is just the um, what's the word I want to use? Like such an un um, unheard of route to professional football, or to to be a professional goalkeeper. <laughs> very very unique okay so you started at, at Hornchurch um, as you said you was in the youth team quickly moved into the reserves where did your journey take you from there so you look, you look at it in professional terms it was like a second year scholarship uh, so the second year of youth team and by the end of that season obviously I was playing the reserves in the capital league on like a Wednesday night um, and playing youth games on the Sunday Obviously, once that season ended, Hornchurch didn't want any of us youth, youth lads, to be fair. They were going in a different direction at the time. Didn't really want youth players around. Um, so I went to Thurrock. Um, You know, you probably remember Thurrock. Um, You know, they're not, they're not going anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I went in there to their reserve side. Um, and I quickly found myself on the bench for the first thing. Um, about two months in. And again, I was thinking, what is what is going on here? Like, you know, in an FA Cup tie, I was on the bench. Um, the, the game didn't go so well for the first thing, but it was a great experience. Like, I, I just couldn't believe what I was, you know, bear in mind, I was a year into goalkeeping. I was sat on the bench for a conference outside in the FA wow. Cup. Wow. It was all a, all a bit whirlwind journey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I had a decision to make because my manager, Tony Yeverly, so I, I grew up with him, like all youth team and everything. And he was fantastic for me. Really, like, real close family friend. Um, and he went to Leighton um, in the Ryman 1. Yeah. Ryman, well, Eastman 1. And um, he wanted me to go with him. And I took a brave decision, even though it was going well at Thurrock, to go with him. There was only three of us that went out the whole team. And uh, it was the best decision I ever made. Best decision so, I ever made. So when you was at, at Thurrock, you was that was was that sort of your your first experience of sort of senior men's football? Yeah, I'd say I literally <laughs> on the bench, uh, <clears throat> and then about two reserve games later, this prop, prop uh, popped up with uh, Leighton. Right. Uh, played the last reserve game, and in the dressing room, they said, "Right, we know Tony's gone. Put your hands up if you're leaving." 
And I was still a character then. I just put my hand straight up and said, listen, I'm going. Wow. I said, no problem. Walked as you can probably imagine me doing. So, um, yep. 18, I still, I still had a bit of a... Um, Strong head? Yeah. yeah. I was just, but yeah, mm-hmm. going there. And, um, but yeah, I was, I was confident enough to, to do that. And I backed myself. And um, like I said, I started playing first team football um, at, uh, at Leighton. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it was... Uh, it was, it was a brilliant experience. It was a shock to the system. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's the best thing I've ever done by, yeah. by mom. Okay. So, so you, you go to Leighton. Um, I've just, I've jotted down <clears throat> some notes here and different things that I'd like to discuss with you tonight. Um, but part of it is obviously your career history. So you spent some time at Redbridge um, where you played 25 times and you scored. Talk to, what 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 happened there? So I played. I went to Redbridge in the January of 2011, and um, Jody was the manager. Yeah, Jody uh, Brown. Yeah, you know we know Jody well. Yeah, he was brilliant with me. So he come in, and I was already at the club. But because I was playing quite well, he kept me in. He brought in someone, uh, Ed Ed Wooten. Um, I think it's his, sorry if I mispronounce his name, but he's now the Norwich first new goalkeeper. coach. Yeah. And uh, he was going to play. But because I was playing quite well, he kept me in, which I, that meant a lot to me from Jody at the time. And um, in the last game, we only had 11 players with two goalkeepers. And he said, um, Oh, look, we've stayed up. Um, Ed's going to play in goal. Do you want to go up front? I was like, No problem. I can't really move much, but I'll do it. Um, six minutes in, cross comes in, diving header. Call it header against Wolfram Abbey. So, um, <laughs> and then in the second half, I, I was playing all right. I won a penalty, but I was too tired to take it. So I, I, I ran this big dash, well, slow. I turned like a milk float and then uh, went down in the box. And then uh, I couldn't take the penalty. I was so tired. So, really? um, but no, it was a great experience one I certainly don't forget it yeah it's not it's not it's not too many goalkeepers that can put that on their uh, CV that they've played up front for the, the team that they're, they're you know they should have been in goal for and, and scored um, <clears throat> okay so from Redbridge you then you then move to Brentwood um, I assume that that's a sim- similar league sim- similar level at the time you get the opportunity to go to East Thurrock which is obviously the league above um, so you're still working, I presume, at that time. Yeah, yeah, still working on the ongoing. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've got that income coming in, but you know, the full time job is a, you know, that's that's your main priority. Um, but you're you're still, you know, focused on your your football, and you take the opportunity to go up a league. Um, and that's the most important thing for you there, the level. It was at that time. Yeah, I should like us. Really, that three months earlier, I, I chose to stay at Brentwood for financial reasons, right. um, which again was a, a big learning curve for me because three months later, nothing had changed. <laughs> we were doing okay, but um, they these uh, folk come in for me, and for me, as soon as I knew that of interest, I was I was I was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it was it was a challenge for me, and I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to test myself at the highest level and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and like I said, what a decision that was. What yeah. a decision. Um, only, I think I played 30 games. We kept 15 clean sheets, got in the playoffs. And uh, 
as I said, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know. so that just shows that you know you backed yourself to to go and test yourself at the the higher level, the league above, um, and then that's obviously um, opened up a massive opportunity for you um, a year later, where you've then got the opportunity to to turn professional with with Luton Town. Is that right? Yeah, so we played the playoff semi-final against Lowestoft uh, at the start of May. And um, the day after, John Coventry rang me and said, I want to meet you at the Holiday Inn in uh, Brentwood. And I was like, OK, fine, uh, no problem. Uh, I was thinking on the way, that's a bit strange. And I sat down with him and he, off- he sort of said, right, first things first, I want to say, this is my offer for- to you next season. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, like, that's an incredible offer. Because I-, I knew his budget restraints at the time. And he's really gone out to try and keep me. I was like, oh, that's really nice of you, John. Thank you. Um, and he went, but I must say, John Steele's coming in in 10 minutes. The Luton Town manager is going to offer you a contract for Luton Town. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, he said, you're joking. He was like, no, no. I said, Cobo, I'm, I've got to do it. I said, you know, my mind's made up. I'm doing it. I didn't even know what John Steele was going to say to me. But... Um, yeah, my mind was already made up because I, I just couldn't believe what was happening. Couldn't believe it. Um, I'm sat in the holiday inn. I've got work in the evening and I'm potentially going to a, a massive club in Luton Town yeah. um, as, a, as a professional. Um, so I had a whirlwind like five minutes thinking, is this happening? Am I in a dream? Or, um, so it was all a bit humbling, to be honest. But uh, yeah, it was an incredible uh, moment for me, to that- be honest. So you you've again I, I go back to it, but you've gone you've gone from um, a, a centre back playing you know youth football at uh, at Hornchurch to a goalkeeper you know at the age of seventeen, and now fast forward you know the the years you're now at or being offered a contract at, at, at you know a former Championship club in Luton Town. Yeah, five years on. And, uh, Amazing. Yeah, it was just. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a proud moment for my uh, for my family. I'm sure you that. I, I when imagine. I told them, they were just. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So when you when you went into Luton, obviously you're now fully professional. So you you've you've had to um, you've had to quit your job, your full time job on on the underground, and now your your full focus is football. I mean. Some people could see that as a bit of a gamble. Yeah, I mean, I did have a, a discussion with my miss about it, um, and to be honest, I've, she was she was keen, but she wasn't as well because she didn't know how it was going to pan out. Yeah. Um, so, but I, it's been my dream, you know. It, most people, I, I shouldn't talk for most people, but most people I know, their dream is to become a professional footballer, um, and. I said, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to take the chance um, and I'm going to give it my best shot. Now, I didn't know what was coming. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea what to expect. Um, you know, I was still that in that part-time environment and I'm going to a team, Luton Town, who's trying to win the conference um, and some experienced players in there as well, like real experienced players. And I'm just Joe Bloggs off the street, really. Like at the time, I'm thinking, I'm so out of my depth here. Um, so out of my depth but um, I, I was so welcomed by um, Mark Tyler the goalkeeper 
at the time. Um, he really helped me. Um, he could see me like first day. He was thinking, "You right, mate?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so on that on that first day, El, when you turned up at the training ground, and you know you signed your contract and everything um, is sorted. What what's going through your mind when you walk through the doors at the training ground? I, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. So we, we went to Ely Way, which is where it was Luton's training ground, and I was just thinking, oh my God, like I'm nervous. I'm thinking, what are they going to think of me? Yeah. Um, what do I do? What's the what's the what do I wear? Do you know what I mean? I didn't. I just didn't know. I didn't know if you got kit. I'm I'm assuming you did. And all these questions are going through my head. And, I see all the other boys just walking around, relaxed. They've got kit everywhere. There's, and I'm thinking, what is this? Like, I just yeah. couldn't believe, couldn't believe what I was seeing when I, when I got there. Because um, presumably, you'd, you know, you'd, uh, you'd done your last night on the underground or whatever a couple of weeks before, giving yourself a little bit of time to almost get your head around the fact that you're, you've just signed a professional contract and now you're going to Luton Town. Um there's so many up, as you said. I bet your your head is absolutely spinning. Yeah, no, honestly, I really, I just didn't know what to do. Uh, it was just the the complete unknown for me um, was the hardest thing to get over. Yeah. Uh, but you know, even John Steele at the time, he was very, very uh, welcoming. And there was a couple of other part time players we signed as well, which helped me because they were in the same boat as me. Yeah. Uh, so that really helped. Um, because well, it was almost like we were on our own for for an hour or so, just talking about it, and then obviously all the lads come in and they were first class, really was. Um, you know, next thing you know, we're going on a week trip to Portugal two days later, and I'm mm. thinking, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, I'm going away for a week as well. Like it's just unbelievable. How how, how do you think you adapted to training full time? What was what was the biggest uh, the biggest things that stick in your mind when you think back to that? I really struggled, mate, if I'm being honest. Uh, Fitness-wise, I was way off it, goalkeeper fitness. Um, you know, I'd only ever train Thursday nights for an hour because I was always playing Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah. And then I'm training every day at an intensity that I'm not used to. Um, and I, I really did struggle, mate, um, especially in that trip in Portugal. You know, two days in, in 35 degrees heat, uh, running around tracks. And I was I was really struggling, mate. Yeah. Uh, and I literally got my... I was thinking out there, I'm way out of my depth here. I was even saying it to my wife on the phone, like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm, I'm not good enough. All them doubts creeping in the weekend, you know. I was going to say that because you don't, um, obviously I, I work with you <clears throat> day in, day out, and I don't ever see any sort of self-doubt in, in you at all. Um, so I guess that at Luton was the start of your journey, both in terms of sort of learning how to be a full-time professional footballer, but also uh, the start of the journey of of building up your mental side. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think the hardest thing for me was the pre-season was I think we had twelve days training before our first game, and I was so used to playing games. Games never really worried me. Even in a in a program, they never really don't get like extra nervous or anything like that because I'm used to playing games from from my non league days. Um, but the training side of things and the expectation levels have gone right up from where I was, mm. and I really struggled to see what the expectation was. And I quickly found out because um, John Steele was fantastic for me, but you know if I'd make a mistake, he was on me. 
he was right on me in training um, in a good way because I was thinking, right, I can't do that again. Like, because he'd be on me. Mm. But he was only having a go at me because he liked me. And I realised that with John Stewie, he, 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 he'd only have a go at you if he liked you. Right. You think, I used to go and think, God, maybe he doesn't rate me. And someone said to me, look, he, he likes you, mate. That's why he's saying it to you. Um, but once the game started, as the pre-season went on, I actually started to really gain my confidence. Right. Um, you know, we played played a home game in front of probably three or 4,000. We played Arsenal 11. We won 7-0. And the first 10 minutes, they, they battered us and I had quite a good game. And I was thinking to myself, actually, and my family was in the box and everything. And it was a real proud moment for, yeah. for my family. Um, I know it was only a friendly, but it was a big deal for me. You know, it was a real big deal. Um, played against Arsenal, my brother's team. Um, it was all a bit surreal. But then, I quickly realised my role when the league started. I was I was most certainly not going to play because we had Mark Tyler there. Um, again, real good pro who was going to start the games. And then my role changed a bit. Well, a lot. I okay. literally was just going to be number two for the season. And uh, yeah, I had to try and adapt to that. Then. So, so as we know, the, the role of the... The starting goalkeeper um, and the the second choice slash third choice goalkeepers are very very different. How did you? What what was your experiences of being a, a number two at at, uh, at Luton? Um, I didn't know how to sort of be one because I said, and not being McKellar, I never really had to do it. So um, at any sort of level, so being backup was was not hard to get my head around. But I just quickly realised where I was. Just be grateful to be on the bench because I was always on the bench. You know, some people don't put goalkeepers on the bench. I was always on the bench. Yeah. Um, so that meant quite a bit to me. So I was involved, but I had to really brush up on my service because my main job was to make sure Tyler was ready. And we had a goalkeeper coach who was part-time at the time um, because he was working for Wales at the time. Right. And so I, it was predominantly just me and Tyler's on match day. So I had to make sure my service was bang on. And that was something I really struggled with at the start because I was overthinking it. And he just said to me, "El, I've seen your left foot. You can serve, mate. Relax. Mm. He said, hit it hard at me. He said, I'd rather you smash it at me than dolly it in. Yeah. And then I was like, right. And he said, I need you to work on your right foot because I need right foot crosses in for me as well before the game. I'm thinking, Charles, that's my standing leg. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I worked on it. I worked on it and I made it right for him because I was so, I really wanted to make him the best goalkeeper he could be because mm. I was just so in awe of him um, at the time. And it was hard, that role. I'll be honest, it was, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the first season but because um, we were being successful as well. So it was, it was quite weird and I didn't realise the size of Luton Town, the club. I had no idea what I was walking into. So I was going to um, ask you that in terms of you... you with the greatest respect to the, the teams that you'd played for in non-league, I mean, they're going to be nowhere near um, as well-supported as a club like Luton Town. So how did you deal with, with that? I'll be honest, I think it was after one of the friendlies, we had to go to the sponsors' lounge upstairs, which and we were all in suits and everything, which was all strange to me. Um, and I got up there and there's people asking for me autographs. Like, and I'm talking loads of people. Like, I'm thinking, nah, they They've obviously got the wrong person. Like they're like, no, Elliot, Elliot, we want your signature, and and I'm literally just sitting there thinking, oh my god! Mm. Like six weeks ago, I was working at Euston Square Station on the underground, and now I'm signing autographs in a, in a sponsors' lounge after a friendly against Arsenal. 
I'm thinking, what on earth is going on? Um, I, I rang my wife after her and I was like, you're not going to believe what's happened here. Like, <laughs> uh, like, what, they want your signature? <laughs> like, trying to make a joke of it. And, yeah. um, and that was, when I was walking back to the car park, you've got thousands of fans like cheering your name and if you've had a bad game, they're booing you. But yeah, it just, it's so surreal. Glenn. I can't, it's hard to try and I'm trying to explain yeah. it, but it was just very, very surreal experience. Very yeah. surreal. And I had to get used to it very quickly because uh, the more successful they got, the, the more fans they were getting, mm. the more passionate and the more, you know, we'd go away from home. And they'd bring a thousand to fifteen hundred fans, mm. you know. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Uh, so I didn't understand how loyal this support base was. Um, so that in itself, that in itself is a pressure, isn't it? Because you're now playing in front of um, passionate supporters, and and there's a lot of them. So you you you've got to you know make sure that everything that you do is is on point. Um, because obviously you, not only do you not want to let yourself down, but you, you don't want to let them down. Absolutely. I mean, even in the shooting, in the warm-up, Glenn, like as a number two, obviously you're going for the shots and that, they, you know, there's thousands of fans already in the ground, you know, so they're judging me <laughs> as well. And I'm thinking, right, I'm going to be the best I can in this, mm. you know, yeah. uh, because this is my only chance to sort of prove myself. Um, I'm not saying they did what, whatever they saw in the goal, but I, I had that in my head thinking, Oh, this I'm going to use this shooting as my platform if mm. I can to, yeah. to try and show what I can do. Um, that's a great me- that's a great mentality to have, to be honest, because you know you, you're using every opportunity that you you're getting in terms of you said there about working on your right foot um, to to help with um, Mark Tyler's uh, service into the box, you know, for for the warm up. And, and training and, and all these different things. And so it sounds to me that you're really grasping the opportunity that you've got or that you, you that presented itself. So you was offered an extension to your contract. Is that correct? Yeah. So I didn't play the first season. The second season, I didn't, we went up. So we were in league two yeah. and I didn't play the first 30 games, played the FA Cup games. And then Mark Tyler had a fitness test on a Saturday morning in February, 2015. I remember it against Wimbledon and he had a bad injury on his knee. It wasn't just a knock, it was quite serious. And the gaff, Gaffer rang me and said, Oh, you're playing today against Wimbledon away. I was like, Oh, uh, yeah, 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 no worries. Like, and I'm thinking, What? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, I, I made my football league debut, uh, yeah, February 2015. Um, and I played the last 15 games in League Two. I've done okay. I've done okay. Um, didn't didn't excel, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think I kept five or six clean sheets, and uh, maybe so we were we were struggling at the time. We were just outside the playoffs. We just missed out. And uh, John Steele Gaffer, I call him obviously because uh, the respect I've got for him. Um, he offered me a, a new two year deal, and um, that was in 2015. And I was uh, very grateful because I was just having a baby as well. Um, so it was very timely, a bit of security because I didn't, I didn't know how it all worked. Really. Mm. I just thought, oh, they'd tell me at the end of the season or something, but because um, I've never done it before. Um, so let let me ask you this, L. Um, how did your mindset change from going from the number two that's sort of uh, taking care of the first team goalkeeper to now being thrown in 
and expected to perform away at Wimbledon. And then over the next 15 games, did your mindset change? Yes, it did. But I didn't expect to play in 15 games, if I'm being honest. I thought right. maybe the Gatlin might bring someone in after a Wimbledon game. Um, and it would have had every right because I was unproven, etc. But he showed a lot of faith in me to, to give me that because they could have signed him, you know, not, not going into detail, but they, you know, they had the budget to do that, I'm sure, to sign someone. Um, but he, he really did believe in me. And I'll never forget, I was. So once the season finished, I went into the I went into the meeting with the sports scientist and the physio. And the physio said to me, you must smell blood here, as in to get tiles out, is what he said to me. And I said, I do. He said, do me a favour, because at the time I was a bit heavier. He said to me, come back 95 kilos, or 97, 97 kilos. So I was up 104 at the time. He said, come back 97 kilos. He said, I guarantee you. You're pushing all the way for the starting place. I'll come back 94, right. fit and firing, ready to go. Over that summer, I worked my absolute bum off yeah. to make sure I was ready because I, I thought, you know what, I had a little taste of it, yeah. and I can do this. Um, so, so to me, like I'm, I'm listening, and I'm sure the listeners will be will be thinking this as well. You have a determination within you um, because. You know, it's the off-season. You've had a long... And as we know, sometimes the seasons can be long, hard slogs and you get to the end of the season and you're looking forward to, you know, a month or so off to sort of recover and um, get yourself going and prepared again for the next season. But you use that off-season time to shift that weight so you went into the, the, the next pre-season basically hitting the ground running. I literally, I felt I could do it. I got something clicked in my head and thought, do you know what? I don't have to do this anymore, being number two. Mm. Uh, if I'm going to push him, this is my best chance to start the season um, in League Two. And um, I had a good pre-season. Uh, Mark had a couple of niggles pre-season, but he was fit. He was, de- he was declared fit in the last week of the season. He played the last pre-season game. And I thought, oh, no. I thought that was it. Yeah, I thought that, I'll be honest, I had a bit of disappointment. But then John Steele pulled me in the week on the Monday before the league game and said, you're starting at Accrington Saturday. Right. League two. And I was like, right, that's happening. Yeah. Like, I, was, I was thinking all that hard work has paid off for that moment. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a great thing knowing that my work had been sort of rewarded all in the background. Because um, yeah. I knew how hard I worked that summer. Um, you know, and like I said, with Mark having a couple of niggles, it's sort of, you know, and I don't wish anyone injured because uh, I wanted him to be fit, both of us to be fit, and the gaffer to choose me. That's mm. what I wanted. I didn't yeah. want to be picked by default. Yeah. Um, and that's what thankfully happened for me on that first game. So it just shows that your 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 determination to to get to where you want wanted to, and the hard work that you put in, and and I think that it's that's so that's a common theme that. Um, I see that for for people that are successful, nine times out of ten, they put the 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 real groundwork in and, and the legwork in, and and you know they get their rewards at the end of it. I think obviously we all need a little bit of luck at times as well. That that obviously plays its part. Um, so you then played another fifteen games for Luton, um, 
left Luton at the end of the season and you signed for Dagenham Redbridge. Yeah, so um, Nathan Jones came in January 2016 to Luton and um, the first game he picked Tyler to play. Two minutes in, he went down with a back injury. So I come on in Nathan Jones' first game, kept his clean sheet and done quite well. And then he played them for four or five games. Um, and then he brought in Jonathan Mitchell, who's at Derby County. I think he's on loan at Northampton. Yeah. Um, good goalkeeper. Very good. Uh, nice fella as well. And he um, he played very good goalkeeper. Very good goalkeeper. So I didn't really have much qualms with that. But I did have a qualm with sort of how Nathan Jones dealt with me man management-wise. Right. Um, now, Nathan's a top coach and uh, obviously proven to be a top manager now. But it was his first job. And I just felt if he was quite honest with me, I respect honesty. I think you might probably know that by now. Yeah. And all I just wanted him to say is that you're not going to be run number one. Like, yeah. no problem. I, don't, I didn't feel, feel that was communicated to me as, as well as it probably could have been. Um, and I would have understood. I, I might not have agreed, but I certainly would have moved on and understood. And then Jonathan Mitchell got called back and Nathan Jones pulled me and said, look, I need you to play the last seven games. Now, I, I had a year left on my contract. Uh, and... I met Nathan Jones at the end of the season. And he said to me, I'm going to bring, bring in Christian Walton. Again, yeah. as you may know, very good goalkeeper. Yeah. He's playing top end of the championship. And I was like, right, well, I'm not going to play here, am I? So I just said to him, listen, Nathan, I said, I think you're going to be a great manager. And you're a top coach. I said, but I can't do this anymore. I said, and I'd like to leave, um, please. Still with a year left on your contract? With a year left on my deal. Right. And he was a bit, he was like, Okay, um, why do you feel like that? He said, you know, I'm not saying Christian's got, I said, listen, I totally get that. But I said, I asked you straight, will I be your number one? And he didn't say yes or no. So as far as I'm concerned, that said it all to me. And I'm not saying I needed reassurances, but I think when you're signing such a top goalkeeper like that, mm. your intentions are quite clear. Yeah. So, and I respected that, moved on. On the way back from that, I met John Steele in the Wolf of Abbey Merrion. And um, <laughs> I signed for Dagen. Right. Um, I thought local, and obviously it was in the conference. And, you know, Mark Cousins was there at the time, but he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to start with you. He said, you know, Mark's a good goalkeeper. Uh, he said, but, um, yeah, I'm going to start with you. And the shirt's yours. So, the, so this was in 2016, right? Start, yeah, uh, 2016, yeah. Right, Okay. Um, so you've gone on to play over 160 games for Dagenham. Um, in that time, you, you also had a season out with a, a shoulder injury. Yeah, yeah. I had, um, so the first played majority of the games, and then the second season, I, I didn't play any due to not being in the side, and then the shoulder injury. Yeah. Mm. So, in terms of your mindset and the the, the picture that <clears throat> I'm, I'm getting from you, and obviously, you know, we've worked with each other now for two and a half years, maybe, yeah, about two and a half years. Um, so I, I, I've had the privilege of working with you day in, day out and, and getting to know you as as a goalkeeper and, and also as a human. Um, and I see a lot of, um, I've just wrote down a couple of little um, pointers here. Some of the things that I see from you is your focus, your determination. And the biggest one for me is your relentlessness. Um, so when you left Luton, You've left because, again, you want to play football, you know, and you you don't mind dropping down a level or two into the National League to do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I knew I had to take a step back because I wasn't I wasn't regular in League Two. Um, I was I was I was quite um, realistic um, to do that. Now it doesn't mean I was going to play at Dagenham, but I I felt it was a perfect club for me. Um, I lived local. I was from the, from the area, um, and I bought, every time I've been to Dagenham, it's had a nice feel about it. And I thought to myself, I think I can be successful there. Um, and I, I think I'd be there still now. I don't know, you know. I, I, but you know, it's just I'm certainly um, delighted to still be there. You know, mm. I still think there's there's more to go there. And but I, I that season out for me was the biggest learning curve I've ever had in my life because I sort of took it for granted football to a degree. Um, and I lost my way with goalkeeping a bit as well. You know, I was, um, you know, it was, a, it was a tough time. I'll be honest, it was really hard to to take that news of being told I'm going to be out for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't take it well. I didn't take it well at all. Um, so that that was a big struggle, big struggle in my life, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, so, so how but, did you how did you get yourself back from that sort of dark place? Um, I think once I had the surgery, which is in November 28, 2017, I had some time away from the club because I couldn't do anything. And I come back in the new year and I had a different attitude. I had a lot of time on my own to think about things. And I thought, you know what? If I'm told that I'm potentially, you know, the, the, I'm not going to go into the details, but he was saying that. Um, you're gonna, you can come back from this, but you've got to work hard at it to right. come back. Right, and that struck me to think this is going to be hard to come back from. Um, so in the January, I come back in, and I took my rehab so serious, so so serious. Um, you know, I was in the gym on my own with John, the physio. Um, you know, some dark dark days for me. You know, and uh, I. <laughs> I was a nightmare for everyone involved, probably. And there was interns there. I made, I was so like miserable. I was getting rubs all the time. Yeah. I was so high maintenance because I wanted to take it so seriously as well. So uh, I, I, I guess in your mind, you, you, you're probably, you've also got the pressures. Not only that you might not come back from it, but then there's the worries of, well, what am I going to do? You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a footballer now. I've got. You know, a mortgage. I've got a missus. I've got a little one. I've still got to pay the bills. I think. I think just for the context of the story. So Dagnan were going through some financial trouble in mm-hmm. 2017-18, and I still had a year left on my deal. Now, I, I took that for granted because basically Dagnan was struggling really financially. You know, it's not, this is no secret. It was out in the press and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uncertain times, you know, there was, I had a year left and I didn't know if it was going to be a club, to be honest. And I'm thinking, I'm injured, potentially going to have no no contract because I don't know what's happening with the club. Yeah. What am I going to do? I, I, that did all go through my mind. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Literally, that's all I know at the moment. Um, but thankfully, Pete Taylor come in um, and he just said to me, you're, you're going to be one of the senior boys and he said I need you he said I believe in you and uh, I needed that I needed someone to say that to me 
I don't know, I, I just need the timing was perfect. I needed yeah. someone to sort of say, Go on, come, come and have a second chance. Yeah, um, you know, and I, 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 I appreciate that because, like I say, it really gave me some confidence, yeah. really did, um, and belief that I could still do it, to be honest. So, flash forward two or three months, and I walk in the door. Yeah. <laughs> this bald headed little man walked through the door. Um, and yeah, and then we start working together. Um, so I'll just talk a little bit about my experience working with you. As soon as I saw you, I felt that we had a goalkeeper there, you know, and I said that to Pete straight away. I said, I believe L could play in the football league. So there's little things we need to tidy up on. Um, but there's definitely a goalkeeper there. And what was so good for me was that you know, we were building the relationship between the two of us. We went for a coffee, had a chat, you know, got to know each other a little bit. And I sat down with you and we had, you know, we had a an open and honest conversation about where we saw things going and how we could, could you know, get there together, so to speak. And what I really appreciated about you was that you were so open to things. You know, you, you you didn't have a closed mind and was, you know, sort of the mindset, well, I'm 28, 29, um, I am what I am. You know, you, you, you made it really easy for me to make suggestions on things that we could tidy up on. And I think that then, you know, I, I don't mind saying this, I think in the last two, two and a half years, I think you've been fantastic. And one of, if not the best goalkeeper outside the Football League. Um I've noticed changes in your mindset in terms of, again, you know, your determination to, even little things, determination to keep the ball out the back of the net, you know. How have you found the process over the last couple of years? Yeah, I still remember, I remember we were, we were really struggling at the, the foot of the table, I think. Um, and it was the start of October when you first come in. I remember it was the week leading up to the Gateshead away game. Um, and I thought I needed um, I needed a different set of eyes on me um, just to tell me something and you did you did you said we think I think you can work and I thought yeah no I need to work on that but I've never really admitted it mm. and I thought you know what I'm gonna just give it my best shot with this new fella um, sorry to be like that but that's what I was thinking at the yeah. time I was thinking right He's young. He knows what he's talking about. He's been league one with Gillingham. And Pete uh, Gaffer said to me, he said, he's good. He said, embrace it. He said, enjoy it. And uh, I did enough. It took me a while to understand certain bits of it. Um, but I was seeing results with it. And mm. I was thinking, I'm one of these people, if I see results, I'll buy into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, words are great, but I'm a results man. And both is great, obviously. And I thought, you know what? This is working. And I, obviously, we had chats off the field and, you know, that helped as well because mm. you are, I'm quite a, by my own admission, I'm not the easiest person to deal with. You know, I'm very aware of that. So just for the... <laughs> I, <laughs> I am aware of that. But um, I love how you're smiling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think you've got it. You've got me and... You knew how to manage me in, in certain things. Um, and I I think you come full time 
and then it just kicked on from there. Mm. I think we really we were working day in day out, and I got used to how you wanted to work. The intensity was the key. I need, thing I, I I needed intensity on the training ground um, because I like that. I like grafting. Uh, always have done, and the sharpness we worked at within as a goalkeeping group sort of changed the dynamic of me as a goalkeeper, I believe. Mm. Uh, you know, working at a match pace and, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it ever since. And like I said, it's, um, yeah, it really helped me have a new lease of goalkeeping, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So, so it's it's interesting because, um, you know, as you know, I, I, I did the, um, the workshop last night for the, the goalkeeping consultants and my topic was the relationship and how to build relationships um, between the goalkeeper coach and, and the goalkeeper and and I think this has been the the most important part of you know the work that we've done together that that building that trust between the two of us um, because you know even when when I, I come in and, and started working with you I I'd suggested about maybe changing your hand shapes um, slightly because I felt that they were a little bit too low and a couple of other little bits. And, you know, as you said, you you embraced it and then you started seeing results. And so last night I mentioned that I, there was a few, a uh, couple of photographs of you in a set position and your hands look quite robotic. Um, but it doesn't matter what it looks like because it works, you know. <laughs> so, but the fact that you bought into it is, is su- such a key thing. Um, you know, I, I want to just touch on your your mindset a little bit as well, because you know, as we've we've discussed tonight, you, you've you've gone from non-league into the professional game. How do you keep yourself going day in day out? Um, I used to think about other goalkeepers, as in the competition I had, whether that was Tyler. Um, you know, Cousins, um, Lewis Moore, whether that's Josh Drizovic, whether that's... And what I, what I used to think is I'm, I'm my own competition now. So I don't compare myself to anyone because I think it's dangerous. Um, and I've set an expectation, I believe, and I, I don't allow that to drop. Now, yes, I'll make mistakes, absolutely, but my mindset is to be the best for me. Um, now, people can always bring in goalkeepers, younger, fitter, etc. And as far as I see that as motivation, I don't see it as a negative. Um, I see it as motivation because I'm not going to give up this place easily. There's no way you're going to have to get that jersey off me and you're going to really have to keep me away because I'm, I am relentless in that because it means, it means a lot to me. I'm so grateful to be able to do something I love. Mm. Um, at club I really enjoy playing for you know so I'm not going to give that up I'm not going to get and I'm grateful for everyone who's part all the managers I've played for you know our current gaffer as well you know to believe in me yourself because um, you know I've, I've been told before I'm not good enough I've been told that and it's just some opinion so and I, I respect their opinion as in doesn't mean I agree with it mm. but to keep <clears throat> at my very best I know if I'm doing well or not, and I know what I've got to do, if that makes sense. So, and now I've learned that over the last sort of, especially 18 months to two years, that I know what I need to do 
to keep pushing forward because I'm, I'm still not the finished article. I've still got improvements to make and I'm open to that. You know, just because I'm 30 doesn't mean I can't improve. Mm. If anything, I think I can get better personally. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, yeah. no, so, I, I actually, I think you're, you're coming into your prime now because I said this to you uh, a couple of months ago in terms of you, you look very comfortable in your own skin. Like you know what you are as a goalkeeper but you're still open and willing to tweak certain parts of your game and, and you know, reevaluate it and, and, and look at ways to improve. And I think that, that just bodes well, you know, for the next five, six, seven years as you, you, you know, you as I said, you come into your prime. Um, just looking back, um, and I asked Stevie Arnold this question, if, if you was at the start of your career, and someone said to you, this is what you're going to do in your career, would you have believed them? No. 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 Um, not at all. Um, I said to myself, if I could get two years in the professional game when I signed my first deal, um, I'd be buzzing. Obviously, that's changed as it's gone on. You know, I set new goals, um, you know, which I keep doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're healthy. I think they're really healthy to keep me pushing. Yeah. Um, because it's not I could easily say oh well it's great you know it's my ninth year in the pro game um, you know that's brilliant you know I can I can go and do something else now you know I don't want to do that I want to push on and have 15 years in the game and play 300 games with Dagenham or you know whatever it is you know they're, they're the little goals I want and I know I've got to be at it day in day out to do that mm. so I I'm very grateful for, for the career I've had so far. Um, and I do believe the harder I've worked, ever since I've come back from this sort of injury, it's no coincidence. I've taken it more serious. Yeah. And I put everything I can into doing this, that you get results. It's mm-hmm. not by chance that that happens, as far as I can see. Because you know? I, I look at you and I know you're the first one at the training ground. And sometimes I think, why is there here so early? Like, it doesn't need to be in for another hour or whatever. But, you know, you've said to me that you like to be there early so, you know, you're not late through traffic or whatever, you know, there's no excuses for any of that. And you can get to the training ground or, or be, you know, the, the stadium on a match day as well. You're there a long time before everybody else. Um, but it, you use that time to just start to prepare yourself and go through the processes to be ready for the game. Um, and e- even little things like, you know, we'll, we'll speak the day after a game and you're out, you know, walking to, to flush, you know, the stuff out of your legs from, from the game or the, you know, the night or the day before. And I think that's, that's, you know, something that's going to really help to prolong your career and any sort of listeners that are, 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 are tuning in and, and looking you know, for an example of, of how to prolong your career as well by doing the right things, I would always point them in your direction, you know, to to, to be the person to say that this is the example um, of, of, of how to be a good professional. I'm trying, yeah, I try. I mean, I, I know my body better than anyone else, um, so I can't speak for everyone else, but I know, for example, speak, you know, turn up to match days early. For me, like I say, relaxed. You know, very relaxed, turn up, tuning in, you know, mentally. Have a walk on the pitch, you know, just 
don't know. It's just it's just something I, I like to do, you know. Get there and um, strange people might say, but for me, it's uh, certainly helps helps me tune in. You know, I'm in the environment we're going to be in. Um, it really does help me. Uh, and yeah, cooling down is is massive. You know, it doesn't just because I'm a goalkeeper doesn't mean I'm uh, even mentally like you know going for a walk does help. You know, because you concentrate for ninety minutes, ninety plus minutes, and um, you know it's it's intense. It's intense. You know, because these you know there's people's livelihoods on the line here. You know, I'm not just talking about the players. I'm talking about staff behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, and it means a lot to everyone. And the fans. You know, it, you're playing, especially there's no fans in at the moment. You're playing for people uh, watching it in their front room. Mm. So you've got to be on it. You know, they're, just because they're not there doesn't mean we know they're watching. You know, so it's. It's trying to be um, so focused is is the biggest thing for me that I have to try and so when I get in I can't sleep when I first get in from a night game because you know I'm so still tuning uh, turning down from the game whether that's a win off a high whether that's a loss and you're you're analysing it or you know but day after don't forget it but I move on and digest it you know we go over the the analysis together you know the clips and. Uh, it really does help me move on, whether that's good or bad. Mm. So no, I'll, I'll never get too high and I'll, I'll never get too low, low because um, I, I found for me, it's very unhealthy for me to be up and down. So I try and keep it quite balanced if okay. I can. So. No, that's brilliant. Um, so last question. For any goalkeepers that are listening and um, they would like to make the... Because the, again, as I said to you, El, you would be... You know that the, there'll be a lot of goalkeepers playing in the in the Ryman leagues and the equivalent levels, and they'd look at you and they'd go, "Well, wow! If it can be, if it, if Elliot Justin can do it, maybe I could do it." You know, what would your um what would your advice be to goalkeepers that are trying to make the jump up from sort of the the Ryman league levels into the professional game? You never know who's watching. Would be my first thing because. Just a quick one for me. I, I played a game in the Ryman Prem and I had Dimitri Kari, former Chelsea goalkeeper, behind my goal, watching. So at Hampton and Richmond, when there was 100 people there, and he was one of them. So you'd never think that. At Ryman, why would he go and watch a Ryman League game? So that's what I thought. But they, there's so many people watching games, whether that's over a park, whether that because they might be walking their dog and go, oh, someone's caught my eye. You know, it's happened. It's happened before. So... I'd say to people, you never know who's watching, and don't don't down tool just because you might think it's a, a reserve game or um, over a park or you know, do it for yourself. Do it for yourself because I've played in them games and sometimes they're harder to get motivated for. But like I said, if you take it serious and be professional, you don't have to be a professional footballer to be professional. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, yeah. so you can try and be as professional as you can be within the environment you've got. And um, you can you can succeed, I believe. So that's great advice. Great advice. Okay, well, listen. As as I said, I really appreciate your time this evening. Um, I'll be seeing you again tomorrow at nine o'clock. So um, <laughs> that's going to come around quite soon. But yeah, brilliant, L. Some really great stuff there. And and um, as I said, I think the listeners will get a lot of value out of this. If you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, leave us a review and follow us on social media to help spread the word of Ministry of Goalkeeping podcast.